ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode three of the After the Buzzer podcast. My name is Aditya, and his name is Rashid, and we're going to be talking about the UEFA Champions League semifinals and about the Champions League in general. Now, let's talk about the first set of the games, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. So, Adi, I believe that Real Madrid are the favorites, and they have been the 14 Champions League semifinal ties. And in 13 of those occasions, they have reached the final and the Champions League. And Chelsea, on the other hand, have reached eight Champions League semifinals, but they have only won one trophy once. So what do you think about that? And also, how does this impact your emotions as you are a big Chelsea fan? See, as a big Chelsea fan, I have so many emotions running through me because I know that I understand that Real Madrid are the royalty, their European royalty. They have won the most Champions Leagues by any other team by far. I know that even though they may they may not be like performing the best right now, I I know that they're still in, in knockout games. They're still really, really a really good team. Mm-hmm. But under Tuchel, the new manager after Lampard got sacked, Chelsea breezed through Atletico Madrid, who people thought would beat us. Because Atletico Madrid were very defensive and Chelsea mm-hmm. exploited their defense, etc. And we breezed through Porto in the second round. But one thing I was a little scared about in that second Porto game was the fact that we gave Porto the ball too much and we didn't press them and we didn't attack. We just sat back with our two-goal lead. And Porto scored in the last minute of the game a bicycle kick from Taremi, which was a very fine bicycle kick. But that kind of got me scared a little bit. But at the end, we, we pulled through. And now we're in the semis. Yeah, that does okay. seem kind of scary, but... I mean, what's your opinion on Real Madrid being the favorites as well? Like, I, I see that there are a lot of people that are expecting Real Madrid to go up and win this round. So what's your opinion on that as well? See, it's ever since that they've had Zidane as manager, Zinedine Zidane, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's never lost a knockout round in his life in the Champions League. That man went on and won three Champions Leagues in a row. Between 20, uh, 15, 16, 17, 17, 18. And then he, he shortly, he, he decided to resign as Real Madrid's manager. Julian Lepedegui came. He flopped. Fernando Hero came. He didn't do the best. And Zidane came back. And ever since Zidane's came, has came back, Madrid have added a La Liga title to their name last season after tipping Barca to the, to the trophy. So I think the addition of Zidane is going to be very important to their tactics, seeing as most of their players as well in their starting eleven have had previous experience with playing under Zinedine Zidane. Mm-hmm. So experience does count, and there is something such as team chemistry, I guess, in this case. Yes, yeah. And most of the players. Yeah. And I also wanted to talk a bit about form. So what's your take on form? See, form... It's important and it's not really important in these games because these games are one-off games. If we look at the last few times Chelsea and Real Madrid have versed each other, it was around 10, maybe 20 years. They've never versed each other in the modern era. But if you look at the stats, Chelsea won twice and they drew once against Real Madrid. So technically Chelsea have an advantage. But if you look now, recent form, Chelsea are currently fourth in their league, while Real Madrid have recently, in the last few games, they've dropped a good number of points, but they've also beaten Barcelona twice this season as well, which shows that they still have that winning mentality in big games. Mm-hmm. So Chelsea still got the touch, but 
Real Madrid is just just as strong because of their team chemistry, if I got that right. Exactly. Yep. And this is going to be a tough match for sure then. Because both teams, yes, it is. even though they have their own skills and their own sort of thing going on, I feel like it's good. It's going to be a unique match to see for sure. And and I was also wondering about the formation because recently I've been looking into formations and they seem pretty sick, but I really don't know what they mean. So uh, would it be possible for you to explain something to me? Yes. So both both teams have had, especially Real Madrid, their formation is a little inconsistent, but let's talk more about Chelsea. So Chelsea, uh, Thomas Tuchel has loved to play the 3-5-2, the three at the back formation. And his two wing backs, his left and his right wing back, he likes, he loves them to come back on defense and push up a little on attack. So he's been very defensive. This also means that he's also kept a lot of clean sheets as well, which is good because he's denying other teams from scoring, as we saw in the Champions League versus Atletico Madrid. Shut them out twice in both legs. Mm-hmm. But this formation is going to be very important because of their two wing backs. Their two wing backs need to do very good. Chilwa on that left-hand side needs to run the play through. And Azpilicueta on the right needs to deduct play with his amazing passes as well. Yeah. What about Real Madrid or she? Yeah, so I was, I was just trying to find stats here. And based on what I can see and based on the past research I've done, Real Madrid don't know what their best formation is, as I can see here. So in their past few uh, five games, they have played a, a vast amount of formations. So like against Barca, they went counterattacking against... Cadiz, they went defensive. Against Real Betis, they went defensive. Against Getafe, they went attacking. And as you can see, this is really inconsistent. And as a result of this, they have dropped costly points in La Liga against Getafe and Real Betis. And this may carry on to the semifinals against Chelsea. So That is very true, Rashid. Yeah, so so upon this, like, what do you think, like, what formation are they going to play and how does this impact their formation? In general, so when they versed, uh, I'm pretty sure it was it was Betis real real Betis last game. They played a four three three formation, mm-hmm. but now I I don't think they'll stick to the four three three. I think they might they they might try and go three at the back because they need to exploit Chelsea's wing backs and try to cut him down as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means that their all their left and right wings as well will also be very important. Mm-hmm. Even even big players like Lucas Vasquez has had a very good season so far. Karim Benzema as well. He's been on hot form recently. Even Tony Cruz with his sublime passes through. All these players need to have big performances against mm-hmm. Chelsea. So so based off of this, we can say that they're trying to attack Chelsea's defense, right? And they're trying to yeah. push through, penetrate through, and try to score goals like that. Whereas Chelsea... Yeah, because recently... Yeah. Oh no no. So I was just saying. So Chelsea's just trying to play more defensively, right? And yeah, yeah, that's true. See, what I'm leaning towards is that I think Real Madrid. It's it's honestly it's their call because Chelsea. I already know Chelsea's gonna play a little more defensive. Mm-hmm. Chelsea might go for the nil nil, the zero zero, the one one. Possibly they might go for a little little bit of a lower score. So it's Real Madrid's call to either go defend as well and calm it down until the second leg when they have the away goals. Or it's their time to pounce and try and attack Chelsea and force their players to to, to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Let's move on to our predictions for this game. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Real Madrid 3, Chelsea 2. Uh, with Benzema getting a brace and Hazard coming back to hunt his old club. 
as you know he's been he was on Chelsea before now you know he's he's going to come back he's going to get revenge so what what are your predictions oh oh i can't say very bold predictions for see a 3-2 that'd be a very exciting game but sure. i wouldn't like hazard to come back and score against so uh, on the other hand i predict the real madrid is going to win 2-1 with polish's scoring a vital away goal for chelsea for the next leg but benzema and vinicius bagging for real madrid seeing as i feel like Zidane might want to play Vinicius over Hazard because recently Hazard after his move to Real Madrid he's not been he's not been fit all the time and I think there was a few few journal journals and few people that said that when Hazard came to Real Madrid he gained about 10 10 kg to 10 kilograms mm-hmm. and he's been very unfit and he's had a lot of injuries as well and even in the last knockout game Vinicius got two very important goals in the game before that against Liverpool in the first leg which all all but sealed the their way into the semifinals. Mhm. So uh, as you as you're talking about the increase in weight, right? So uh, under these circumstances like, you know, they're in the semifinals and all. So how does weight really impact an attacker especially? Like if you're oh, heavier is is question. that is that going to you know help with scoring and as you said injuries, right? A normal player is like a normal weight for for that player. and if they exceed that amount of weight they start getting injured but how is that impacting their game and all see cuz from what i remember at at chelsea hazard was one of the silkiest players i've ever seen mm-hmm. even even alongside messi as well i think that behind messi and ronaldo at one point hazard was at one point i'm saying the third best player in the world just the way how he got off players from the dribble he held the ball went around a few players found a pass his composure the way we took his chances it was just he was he was really composed and he, he just knew everything he deduced the play in his mind and he knew exactly what to do as his next step but i think ever since he's went to real madrid i don't know what a like there's been a tendency that a lot of big players when they move to real madrid they have a lot of injury issues i don't know mm-hmm. if that's i don't know if that's about the the physios or whatever even luka jovic when he when he got transferred before had they, everybody had big injuries at real madrid And after Hazard Hazard's first few injuries, I think Zidane's been out of favor. This is he's been out of favor by Zidane, and Zidane's opted for Vinicius. So I so I guess we can safely say that Real Madrid's uh, conditioning is not the best for their players. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they they either suck at conditioning or or the players are just letting them go because um you know Real Madrid is a city full of light lights and. having fun right it's just like in in the nba if you're trying to uh, have like fun and parties then you might as well want to stick with the miami heat whereas if you're trying to be focused more and play a really good game go to some other city that's less known for its parties right same thing here i guess yeah i think it's also about history as well i know hazard's idol was actually zidane which is real madrid's manager and real madrid's history's really helped them now since a lot of young players like Mbappe and Holland they they've loved Real Madrid when they were growing up and Mbappe's loved to watch Ronaldo Mbappe has a few selfies with Ronaldo when he was a, when he when he was at a very young age Holland Erling Holland loves Real Madrid as a team not not that many people know that so that's why when he might choose his future team he might sway more to Real Madrid Hazard mm-hmm. Hazard said before multiple times he wanted to go to Real Madrid Real Madrid's goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois has been very good this season and helped Real Madrid a lot. Was a Chelsea player. 
And when he was at Chelsea, he said he, he kind of forced his way out of Chelsea to Real Madrid. He said that, oh, I'm not going to play for this club until you sell me to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to he was trying to make this contract expire so we can go for free. So Chelsea were forced to sell him. So it's it's yeah. more of more of this emotional attachment issue to a team rather than just wanting to go there because they want to party or they want more money. It's just more emotional in this sense, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess let's talk about uh, game two, Man City versus PSG, and. Uh, and this must be a match of a li- lifetime, I assume, because, you know, these two continental giants are locking horns in the first leg of their semifinal. So what are your thoughts on this? That, that's right, Rashid. Both these teams are looking for the first Champions League title. PSG came very close last year, but, but failed to a strong Bayern Munich side when they won the final. Even Manchester just not got that illustrious Champions League. But they've won the Premier League multiple times as of recent. They Even Pep Guardiola is also looking for that Champions League uh, medal after he last won it in 2011 with Messi and Barca. Mm-hmm. And with PSG having like less injured players right now, such as like, you know, Mbappe and Neymar, like ready for the first like matchup, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, Man City has one of their most important players, uh, Kevin De Bruyne just injured right now. So everything, how is this all going to weigh out with all these injuries on one side and then all these healthy, active players on the other side? Good question. It, it looks as if P, like all of PSG's big stars are ready for the first leg. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the world's great youngsters and one of the world's, you can argue, best youngsters, Kylian Mbappe, ready. He crushed the Bayern Munich before in the first leg. He also got a hat-trick against Barca before in the round of 16. This guy's on far. I bet on him. You would bet on him to do well against Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And he is a fan favorite. So if uh, if there's so much pressure going upon him, you you would probably expect him to, to do good, right? Exactly. But, but to be fair to City, though, City did win the Carabao Cup final 1-0 on Sunday. They beat Tottenham in the final. With like a rotated team, but they have. It seems to have. It seems to be that they have good morale. This game. What do you think is going to happen? Is going to be the main talking point of this game for Manchester City, Rashid? I think the main talking point is going to be De Bruyne's injury for sure. So, like, as you know, in the twenty nineteen finals between the Raptors and the Warriors, Clay Thompson's injury slightly impacted the outcome of the finals. Now, I'm not saying that it impacted the finals at all, like that. But slightly, maybe if, if the Warriors had a, a tiny bit chance, it got taken away. So I believe that all these injuries can really take a huge toll on not only how the game gets played, like maybe shifting a team from, from being super aggressive in, in like a case to having to play defensive, which might be their biggest weakness. But this also, in a sense, can break the morale of the teammates, right? If, you, if your best player is gone and your best teammate who's usually uh, leading the team by example is gone, then your team's really going to be scattered. It's not going to have their best player. Like They're not going to know which direction to go in. They're not going to have a leader to guide them through, right? So I think that's how this game's going to fall through. Yeah, that is very true. Even in recent, Bayern Munich versus PSG, that was supposed to be a heavyweight matchup between the two former finalists of last year. And a lot of people, including me, predicted Bayern to easily 
swiftly go through PSG and move on to a second consecutive Champions League semifinal. But what what a lot of us didn't pay attention to was is that a few of Bayern's biggest players, Robert Lewandowski, one of the world's best strikers, some say wrong for Ballon d'Or, he was injured. Serge Gnabry, a great right midfielder, he was injured. These two injuries really hampered Bayern's ability to score goals because if I'm not mistaken, they had around... They, they had 31 shots versus PSG 6. But PSG scored three goals while Bayern only converted two of the chances, which shows which shows that they missed the likes of Lewandowski to finish some of the chances that Eric Chupamoteng, which was the substitute striker, had. Mm-hmm. What about the defensive side, Zerushi? What about Manchester City? So I've been doing some research on this, actually. And after Man City sustained the injury of De Bruyne, they still have one of the best defenses in Europe, and with the injury of Laporte in the beginning of the season, this helped to create a brand new partnership between the English centre-back John Stones and the Portuguese centre-back Robin, Ruben Diaz. That is very true, Rishi. Even from I remember last year, when I'm when Imerick Laporte got injured in the third or fourth game of the season, mm-hmm. Manchester City had no backup centre-back. Even if their their veteran center back Vincent Company left that season, and mm-hmm. that paved the way for Liverpool to win their first ever Premier League because City didn't have any center backs. It's it's kind of similar to what's happening right now with Liverpool. All the Liverpool have a big injury crisis. Most of their big players are injured, including Virgil Van Dijk, Joe Gomez, and their other center backs, Joel Matip, which caused them to to get two center backs in in the in the winter transfer window. And they got Nick. They got Phillips from the championship, which I don't think is proven, and which shows because he, him, and Trent Alexander-Arnold got absolutely wrecked against Vinicius in Real Madrid. And they also got a guy named Ajkan Kabak, who's a Turkish center half that plays for Schalke. And Schalke actually right now is relegated from their league. They finished last place, which shows that maybe they didn't pick up the best center backs. They didn't pick up the, the most important centre-backs that they needed. And it really showed. And this is what I feel City, what, what they've done good. City bought backup. You always need backup players. Maybe if backup players don't play as often, and they'll be a little angry on that, you always need to have a backup. Ruben sure. Diaz came in for 50 mil. People are all scratching their head like, oh, Pep Guardiola spent almost around 400 million great British pounds on buying defenders. While it looks like Ruben Diaz this year has proved to all of his haters why he was worth those £50 million. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Many people don't really focus on backups. But think about it. If you spend a bit less on your, your front court and spend less on your primary players and not your bench warmers, and then the day when something happens to your a main star player, your team's going to be in shambles. You're not going to have any backup player to help fill that gap in, right? So I would rather opt in for a, a player with a, a, a bit less of a salary, still somewhat capable enough of that star player, but, but then rather spend that money on buying better backup players, and especially backup defenders in cases like these. So now, that is very true. She, speaking of defenders, we need to talk about PSG's defense. Marquinhos, which is PSG's one of PSG's best defenders, seems to be fit for this game against City. But obviously, PSG is a team that are all about their attack. It will be on Manchester City's defenders to help shut Mbappe and Neymar down. For PSG, on the other hand, 
Their defenders need to focus to focus on stopping City's deadly counterattacks, which is what they've been known for under Pep Guardiola. And yeah, Rashid, that definitely. I want to hear your prediction. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and no, I was just saying for sure. Yeah, like that is really true. As you know, defenders are are really important, especially against uh, Man City's attacks. Like, if they don't have a strong defense, it, uh, the whole team's gonna fall apart for sure, and the the game's gonna end up really bad. And with that uh, in mind, let's move on to our predictions. So. What I predict for this game is Manchester City will win 4-2 against PSG. Because their attack is unstoppable. It's, it's, man, it's too good. And Neymar and Mbappe missing big chances in a game where City's boss PSG on the counter-attack. Oh, those are some very bold predictions, Rashid. A 4-2 game would be a game that I think most of us would want to watch. But he will win 2-1. My bad, that PSG will win 2-1, with Mbappe bagging a brace and proving to the world why he's the best youngster on the planet. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that, even though, oh man, I feel like Man City's offense is just way too strong for uh, PSG's defense, but let's see, the game's gonna come really soon, so. Yeah, to be fair, Ma- Manchester City do have a very, very good attack. But recently, and sadly, Sergio Aguero is going to leave the club this summer. And there have been, been a lot of videos circulating of him telling the cameras and telling a lot of people that no one's passing him the ball. And there have been a lot of videos going viral online of Manchester City players not wanting to pass to Aguero even though he's wide open. Yeah, I've heard. Has, has, he not been, oh, sorry. has he not been fined for this? Yeah. Like, is it, just, is, is it just possible for him to say this? Even though, like... I do agree that maybe like they're not passing to him and it is unfair. But is this is this just legal to say this? Addy? It will maybe cause tensions in the dressing room. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you wanna uh, I think we still have a few more minutes left. Do you wanna move on to like some Quick questions, maybe shoot some questions at me and maybe I can try to see how uh, great I can get. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll test you. Okay, first question. Who is the captain of PSG? Is it A, Mark E, Neymar, or C, Mbappe? Uh, Mbappe seems too young. I don't even know who Marquinhos is. He seems too... Uh, too irrelevant and Neymar's probably like one of the best, so I'm gonna guess Neymar. Whoa, 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 don't disrespect Marquinhos like that. My bad, my bad. Neymar Neymar is Neymar is a good player, but I don't think he has the qualities to be a leader. Neymar can win games on his own, but can he really lead the team to success? Can he lead a team to glory? Mm-hmm. Marquinhos has also been at the club for the longest time out of the other two. And he's had experience playing with some of the other players. And he's seen the youth academy as well, and some rising ballers coming up from their youth academy. Mm-hmm. Okay, let, let's move on to our second question. True or false? Liverpool won five European Cups, or what is called now Champions Leagues. Uh, I would say false. My reason being that I'm I'm sorry for hurting your feelings, man, but uh, Liverpool just does not seem like a team to like 
in the past especially they, they they didn't seem like that strong of a team and also i have heard you talking about how uh, real madrid has won like 13 out of the 14 uh champions league cups if i'm not mistaken that's a very good catch receiver she you can install liverpool as much as you want i don't care about liverpool nor, nor do i want him to succeed but the, i have to admit though they have had some big players in the past like Kenny Dalglish in the 80s and 90s he, he was a, a very big striker he was a good striker even some of their managers as well before Jurgen Klopp that Bill Shankly as well that that guy led the club to some great successes and he made the club what it is today but we can't discount Real Madrid as we said the fortune before they're the kings of Europe they won the first five european cups or champions leagues they have 13 right now out of the last in this in this past decade from 2010 they won five not five my bad sorry they won four four champions leagues in this and at one point from 2013 14 to 2017 18 in that five year period they won it four times which proves their dominance on the european stage mhm okay question number 3 speaking of real madrid what does the real and real madrid mean uh i'm pretty sure madrid's like a city so real madrid so like the real fans of the city I don't know. That's just my guess. Um, I'm probably way off. You you're you're right in a way because Madrid is a it is the capital city of Spain. But through though the club was formed in 1902, it was originally named Real Madrid Football Club. It wasn't until 1920 that King Alfonso the 13th bestowed them with the name with with the title of Real or Royal in English, which is also why that if you see on their club logo mm-hmm. you can see a little crown which resembles them as being a really loyal and royal club. Mhm. So just cuz a king wanted to like give them a a, a lordship he just did it cuz he felt like it. Bro, that's kind of yeah. like I can't complain man these royals and their powers to give people crowns crazy. You see even with Real Madrid what I kind of don't like is that in in the in the 50s 60s 70s around there there was a guy named Francisco Franco and he at the time he was Spain's ruler he was kind of was a dictator as well and there've been a lot of scandals recently that talking about Real Madrid's five they won the first or Champions League and it's very it's it's believed that Francisco Franco may have bribed the refs to to make Real Madrid go into the next round because he was known to be an avid Real Madrid supporter. Mhm. As well. So we can for sure What? say that their fans were real. <laughs> real Madrid's fans are real and they're not fake. <laughs> they're not they're not bandwagons. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could say most of them are bandwagons actually. That's something. Else. Hey, I mean for FIFA 2015, I uh, I used to use Real Madrid all the time because of Ronaldo but like I don't know. I mean, I'm not the realest fan of Real Madrid, but still. So, anything else, Addy? I think we that's a wrap up for this week's podcast, and we hope you guys enjoy yeah. listening to us, right, Addy? Yep. And hey, if you guys enjoyed, please make sure to share this with at least one of your friends. Please, please, please. And we we are actually super sorry we were gone for such a big hiatus, but now we're back stronger than ever, just like Liverpool. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I guess not everyone got my joke, but okay. Please make sure to follow us on our IG. 
at Alfred the Buzzer underscore. Bye, guys.